Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. And I am here with the number one hack that you need to explode your law firm marketing right now. I'm just kidding. I made this title (laughs) cheesy on purpose because uh, I wanted to talk about something that I see a lot in the marketing world and it's something that I don't necessarily agree with, but that is this whole concept of hacks and funnel hacking and kind of finding something that's cool that's going to give you an edge in the market. And I think the reason that this stuff exists so much is that hacks are sexy And when you think about why they're sexy, it's because it presents this alternative where you have an advantage for having found something, as opposed to having invested a lot of time, a lot of money, or otherwise resources to get some sort of an outcome that the suckers are just going out there and spending, and you're the smart one, you're figuring it out. And I have to admit, the reason that I have such strong opinions of this is because I used to be a huge hacks guy. Um, I was a huge fan, like a lot of people that got into entrepreneurship because of this guy, but Tim Ferriss, four hour work week. And, you know, in addition to stuff like business hacks, there's always stuff like, you know, um, life hacks and health hacks and sleep hacks and all these different things too. But anyways, at the end of the day, there is only a limited amount of growth that you can get from going from hack to hack. And I want to kind of establish why I think this is the case and why I've come to the conclusion that hacks aren't necessarily something to focus on in the long term of things it loves. So I want to kind of start out with this whole concept of the free lunch, right? So when we think about a hack at face value and we're looking at it, you know, without considering any second order consequences, it makes a lot of sense. And kind of going back to the intro, if you can get something and, you know, let's say it's a marketing hack that gets you some crazy high returns on a really, really small investment. If the only difference, so this would be a free lunch, right? If it's something that you're going to get that doesn't really correlate with other different things, and that's a free lunch, you're getting a benefit for having found something. So there's this whole concept of, and this is kind of this interesting thing that um, I learned when I was studying econ in, in uh, college, but basically there's this old saying that like, if you know, if you have two economists walking down a street and they see a dollar on you know, the, the sidewalk, neither of them will bend over to pick it up. Um, and the whole reason why is because the you know, concept of a free market really implies that the, uh, the free lunches are going to be eliminated with pretty, pretty quickly, right? And, you know, when you think about things in the, in the general scheme, like you have these situations where, you know, there wouldn't be any profit and people wouldn't be able to make money in the stock market if there were not inefficiencies. But the fact is that these efficiencies are eliminated very, very quickly, right? And the reason why is that once everyone else finds out about the inefficiency, then it no longer becomes an advantage. The profit is, is wiped out. So, you know, when you look about things in the stock market and if, you know, if you think about day trading or something like that, if you are going to capitalize on making profit in something like the stock market, you have to know something that other people don't. So I think a lot of this stuff really works in the same way with, with marketing in general, right? So, you know, you, you have more or less a free market. If there's a new traffic platform or there's a new strategy on an existing platform like Google or Facebook, if you're the first person to see it, then if it's successful, there's visibility in it. The same way that you can look up the stock price on anything that's traded on the, uh, you know, the S&P, 
uh, or anything like smaller, anything, a small cap stock or whatever, um, there are, you know, there's visibility into who's doing well in the market. If somebody ends up just, you know, opening a new office over town, they're, you know, posting hiring ads and something like that. You're going to attract some attention. People are going to figure it out. So hacks are something that can absolutely exist in the short term, but the thing is that they really can't be sustainable, right? So the other thing too, is that I think there are people that use this whole concept of hacks, um, especially in the marketing world to get attention for people and kind of sell them a dream at the end of the day, right? There's this old thing too. And I, I think it's, it's kind of interesting when you see the correlations between stuff like, you know, economics and psychology and philosophy and, and stuff that kind of comes on the street. Right. And one of the things that I think is really funny, I've always had a fascination with this, but like this whole thing, um, it actually goes back to this, uh, <laughs> this old Simpsons episode. If you guys ever remember it, it was when basically uh, grandpa Simpson uh, wrote the book on grifting. <laughs> they went around trying to con people by, you know, doing all these, these classic grifts with, you know, painting a, a, a couch pillow that looked like a cake and having Bart dress up as a blind kid and all this different stuff. But anyways, there's also a lot of really interesting TV shows and books and movies on this kind of stuff. But um, one of the things that's really funny is that there's a saying in the world of grifting in the world of con artistry that you can't con an honest man, right? And it really kind of leads back to this thing in the end of the day too. If you think about the people that are responding to the, you know, the Nigerian 419 scammers, they really think that they can get millions of dollars by wiring some guy 15 grand. That's not fair. That's somebody trying to capitalize on, a, on an efficiency that may exist, probably doesn't. But that's kind of the situation. And, and where these things end up going wrong in the marketing world is when people kind of present these hacks. And this is the thing. Let's be completely honest. If it was a good hack and it's being advertised, then it's not going to be a good hack for long, right? And just to kind of think about if it's that easy for you, it's going to be easy for everyone else, right? It's not necessarily sustainable. And even if you have a situation where you find success with some sort of a, a hack, it's ultimately external, right? That's not something that's coming from you. And, you know, if you kind of think about this whole situation, like, you know, this is kind of a corny line. This is one of the only things I wrote down for this. But, you know, Warren Buffett isn't investing in game stock, right? Like, you know, they're not seeing these, uh, these, you know, these meme stocks and day trading. What Warren Buffett does is he focuses on investing in companies for the long term. Building moats is a big thing that comes up in the whole Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger ideology, right? So how do we take something that might have some success? And one of the things that's really interesting is that I think every hack does really work for a reason, right? And how can you go from being a recovering hack addict or you know, hopefully don't get into the point where you're using hacks in the first place. But again, if you get one and it ends up working, you want to consolidate that fast break and make it something that is sustainable, right? So like I said, every hack works for a reason. And if you look at a lot of these marketing hacks, the things that end up working in marketing, a lot of times it'll boil down to stuff around human psychology, uh, stuff around um, sales offers, copywriting, that kind of stuff too. And there's usually an element of that in anything that ends up working as for a hack. So the thing is that every hack can be boiled down to this. And this is, uh, you know, a print, uh, something that's referred to as first principles thinking. So you need to, you know, engineer stuff backwards towards the first principles. So, and to kind of think about this too, this isn't something that I came up with by any means. This is something I believe, um, I believe it dates back to Aristotle. But, you know, if you, if you ever uh, read biographies on some of the great thinkers, Warren Buffett being one of them. Elon Musk is really into this approach. This is how he was able to, you know, reverse engineer a lot of the stuff that worked with rockets and build it back from, again, those first principles up to something different. 
But basically, it's this, this theory that anything, any success, any field kind of boils down to these, these fundamental elements that can be essentially the building blocks of creating something sustainable. So just to make it a little bit easier uh, of a metaphor, right? This is be like, you know, if you, if you think about building a bridge, right? There are the day laborers and, you know, even the, the tradesmen and the advanced people that are laying the bricks and welding the rafters and all that different stuff. And then there's the engineer who built the bridge. So you could probably take the foreman and that team and, you know, maybe even one of the day laborers and take that blueprint and build that bridge somewhere else on the river. But the engineer had the ability to draft those plans from scratch. And the reason why he did that was because he you know, probably took five, six, seven, eight years to learn calculus and physics and all those really, really challenging things. And that's what he's able to use those base principles to not only build the bridge right there, but if he needed to go to a different state, country, elevation, altitude, span, he would be able to build another bridge from those, those base principles, right? And again, like I said, the foreman could probably, you know, shift that bridge 50 feet down the river and build the same one, but he doesn't know how to create a bridge, right? There's a huge difference between know-how and know-why, and that's essentially what first principles boils down to, right? And the thing is, it's very, very tempting to stick around with hacks because you don't have to, you know, go through the equivalent of five years of engineering school to have success. That foreman can keep building bridges, but the thing is that if you have the situation, and this is one of the things that, um, you know, I'm not going to get into the uh, specifics, but, you know, there's certain communities out there that advocate hacking into, well, you know, funnel hacking other people's stuff. And that's the thing too, like you can get know-how, but you're not going to understand know-why unless you're really, really looking into it, right? But again, you know, copying is something that's been a part of marketing for a really long time, but, you know, there's been, there's different ways to do it. So like I said, if you have something and you're able to just copy and paste and, uh, you know, just do this in some other place, then, you know, that's good. That's, that's, well, it's not good, but <laughs> that can get you success in a lot of instances. It's not going to get you sustainable success, but um, you can at least get an outcome, right? But if you really want to get to the point where you are responsible for your own success and you're not waiting for people who understand first principles, basically steal their ideas from, you need to understand the first principles yourself, right? And to be able to take the time and invest into, you know, the psychology, the copywriting, the offers, um, structuring things in a way, the actual, you know, building these different things on tech platforms, if that's your jazz, like that is something that ends up ultimately becoming sustainable, right? And the actual knowledge that allows you to create these things to be the engineer who can build the bridge anywhere is a moat. And this is something that Charlie, uh, that's what uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger talk about all the time. So, but the thing is that building moats is hard. It's way easier to just do the other thing too. So I think honestly, the, uh, that's basically what I'm trying to get here, right? My ultimate hack is to forget about hacks, do the damn work, right? Read the books on copywriting, read the books on sales, go in the market and learn the best information that isn't in books is the stuff that you learn from trying your own stuff, seeing what works, seeing what didn't work and taking a step back to analyze it. Why did this work? Why did this not work? Um, going back to our 100th episode, paying your dues as far as actually going out there and doing it. And again, I will say full well, this might not be as profitable for you in the short term, but in the long term, this is pretty much the only way to succeed because it's the only way that you can take something that's external and make it internal. And at the end of the day, nobody is building a business on stolen ideas. So that is that. I encourage all you guys to go out there, do the hard work, do some serious thinking about the stuff that you're doing. And if you do and you keep your head in the game, I promise you will find success. 
So that is it for this episode. I will catch the rest of you guys next week, Tuesday at 8 a.m. on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.